0: son where did you find this oh well welcome back to dive bar sportscast wipe your feet pour yourself a drink and uh, don't forget to leave the drama at the door we're talking college football today and the first games are starting soon Uh, And the reports around various NIL deals continuing to pop up. Uh, So we'll be diving into the NIL and its effects on college sports, uh, particularly college football. But first, there is news to be had. Connor, take us away. Yeah, so uh, first up, Walker Bueller. So we heard uh, a couple weeks ago
1: that he was being shut down for the season for elbow surgery. And uh, we just found out that he had his second Tommy John, which will effectively end this season, obviously,
0: and his next season so it hurts that's tough it hurts tough oh it hurts so much okay i'm uh, i'm a dodger fan so this obviously is terrible news uh uh, but from an individual standpoint i mean walker buehler is one of the top pitchers uh in the mlb has been for the past you know several years so that is a shame yeah to really see that this season yeah for sure was done he was already having a little bit of problems uh you know with his release and everything so now seeing that is it's good that he's getting the help he needs that's good yeah but Uh, man to lose another season that's tough yeah you're telling me um but uh you know surgery is one thing uh you know hopefully he'll we we wish him the best of luck and uh, hopefully he will return uh stronger than ever um and like I said, surgery is one thing. Uh, suspension is another. What's that? <laughs> yeah.
1: So obviously, by now, I'm sure you've all heard Fernando Tatis's 80-game uh, suspension for uh, using a banned substance. Um, pretty bad. I don't know how you do we, how you get away with that. I mean, how you even pull that. I mean, he's been ro- raked over the coals the last couple weeks in the media. Obviously, lost his uh, <laughs> sponsorship with Adidas because they say they oh. they are. Uh, They believe in fair play, and he did not uh, follow the guidelines for which that they uh, run their company. So to lose a major sponsor like Adidas. Uh And, you know, to top it off, his teammates have come out and said that uh, he was selfish for having this happen. And uh, this is huge. I mean, this is a huge loss for the Padres, obviously. It's a huge loss for him personally and financially. And he's got to find a way to right the ship, you know, with him and the Padres and the fan base now.
0: Because this is... It sets us. It, it, well. It, the problem is, is that it was he was really close to coming back. Yeah. at the time. Yeah, like two weeks and, out. Oh man. Yes, and and I think one of the important questions is you go, okay, so was he doing this to? I mean, we've heard we all heard the excuses from like Mark McGuire, where they go, oh, I was using it to recover. Mm-hmm. So was he using it to recover, or was uh, was he juicing before? We know he had pretty pretty remarkable power uh you know coming into this but he's also got a crazy strong swing. I don't want to make no. you know I don't want to I don't want to make a mountain out of out of something that you know may not be there. But uh regardless, this is going to be a uh, a massive blow for a team that was that seemed everything was going for, you know toward their way from a a team building standpoint. Yeah. I mean, we're we're talking the, the Machado, Juan Soto, they have Josh Bell too. Then, and, and then they were going to add Tatis back into this. This season it was supposed to be, you know, here we go. But really it's about, you know, the season's coming. This is this is a problem for the mm-hmm. Padres. And I like that this is being dealt with in such harsh terms. I li- yeah. I think it shows that, look, this is done. Like, baseball is just starting to get a little bit of its, you know, I don't want to say credibility, but something close to that yeah. back. Mm-hmm. In the sense of like we're not just sitting here watching people that are juiced up uh, you know hit home runs anymore. Right. We're we're trying to do the right thing. And look, I'll give credit where credit is due on that. You know? Good. We want I would much rather watch an honest game than than a dramatic pile of bullshit. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So good for them, uh taking such harsh, uh, you know, a harsh stance on it. Uh, them being the Padres, the, the MLB, the you know Adidas sponsors, uh, and yeah. we, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I I certainly hope that he uh, does not continue to use uh, that that stuff and try to skirt, you know just take the punishment, come back, let it fade in everyone's minds, and come back and dominate on what's supposed to be a championship level team. Yeah, he's got a lot of work to do, and
1: I mean, I, I honestly I like Tatis on paper. This is mm-hmm. sucks
0: to see. So hopefully
1: he can move forward, and I don't know, get this team to what it could be but yeah yeah definitely. moving on um so to coincide with the episode talking about the nil the uh, ncaa has started asking uh member schools under the ncaa umbrella to uh start pointing out any uh, potential abuses of abuses of the nil and uh stress the importance oh of boy. self-regulating which is oh boy that's showing how uh, unprepared they were for this uh storm that this hit them
0: is- this is just the NCAA just backing out. Yeah, they, 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 I, I I see this as two things, and we're gonna dive so heavily into this, so yeah. I won't say much right yeah. here. But this is a cop out. It is. This is this is the it's NCAA classic. going. Told you, and and but it's in the wrong way, and we'll go into why. Mm-hmm. But. First, well, let's move over to uh, to f- the actual, you know, professional football uh, with uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, he previously had surgery, ha- uh, was injured in the preseason. They were thinking that uh, you know he might be out for a long time. Well, the surgery was successful, and uh, he's only going to be out about two to four weeks uh, as of well, last week. So, really, uh, only a potential loss of, uh, of a couple of weeks and into the regular season. Not terrible. Flacco, uh, Joe Flacco, will be uh, starting in his place until then. Uh, also in football, Deshaun Watson, as everyone knows by uh, by now, had his suspension up from six to eleven games, uh, and will be fined five million dollars. Uh, the all of the money, all of the money will be going to uh, charity and various out- uh, outreach groups, uh, more or less related to the crimes he's accused of. So uh, they're ta- they've taken it a little bit more seriously. Certainly not seriously enough. But uh, the the fact is that the Browns will be without Deshaun Watson this season for at least eleven games, and uh, and his first game scheduled back will be, I believe, week thirteen, and that'll be uh, against his former team, the Texans. Which but, I mean, uh, come
1: on, yeah. you gotta think that the NFL and the NFLPA were like, ah, oh, this might be a funny joke. Let's do that. I yeah, obviously that's I all hate speculation. That uh, it's all speculation, <laughs> but, but come on, you are telling me that that's exactly when they're gonna have him come back.
0: Yeah, it does look suspicious. I will give him that. It, it it doesn't look great. So, uh, we, I'm sure I'm pretty sure everyone was hoping, except for Cleveland, was hoping for a uh, a year suspension. But uh, it looks like the matter is basically settled, um, at least within the league. So, mm-hmm. you know. yeah. Well, and we're gonna talk about some fireworks. Uh, obviously,
1: that UFC fight last weekend Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards talk about one of the biggest upsets one of the probably the knockout of the year an insane amount of implications I mean I could I watched this fight it was unbelievable minus the first round where Leon Edwards got Usman and you know his first submission of his career and then Usman turns on the heat it just absolutely dominates Edwards Edwards literally would not look his corner in the eye this man was broken There was nothing. I mean, watching this fight, it was like, wow, let's just get through this round. Let's just get through this fight. It's over. It's over. And then with less than a minute in the fifth round, and Leon Edwards sets up this unbelievable combo. Faints with the left hand and then comes in with an absolute hammer. Just a big leg kick and folds I, I was in shock. I still kind of am in shock. That was
0: an incredible ending to a fight. Like...
1: Talk about! I'm loving back from the passion. The dead.
0: I mean, I'm just in awe uh, right now. I'm loving, I'm loving back the
1: passion from the dead. I mean, I'd love a great UFC fight. I mean, I haven't. You know, title fights have gotten a little boring because the top end. I mean, the champions are all champions for a reason. They're all dominant. So you know, we thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be business as it's usual. But I, man, honestly, I did too. Fireworks! What a night! That's probably going to be knockout of the year. That was an incredible knockout. I cannot wait for that trilogy fight.
0: It. It and see see, that's the thing, right? Is like again, I'm one of the people that I'm right there in that camp where I thought it was gonna be business as usual. Didn't really, I wasn't really excited for this fight. Um, Yeah, I mean, then it just as as UFC fights tend to do, it blew the fuck up, and just to again, not to uh, that was a absolutely perfect description because it he couldn't he he lost faith in his corner
1: he lost faith in himself. I mean, he looked like well, he was I mean, just, like Well, I mean, well yeah, there's <laughs> that Yeah, he
0: was he just I've never seen that in a fighter. No. Nope, I've seen fighters either. take punishment until the very end. I have never seen one lose just the, the did not want to be in that octagon anymore. No. He was done. That was wild. So uh yeah, I'm 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 definitely with you on that. I'm going to be looking forward to the the trilogy fight. Uh but yeah, yeah, <laughs> insane,
1: insane. Uh, moving on, so Raquan Smith decides to end his holdout, and he's going to play this last uh, year of his contract with the Bears. Just said he didn't want to be a uh, Good. distraction anymore, and he wants to be the best teammate and do uh, b- right by the
0: city. So, look, I, you know? I'm one of the people that was, in, and you see it in the last episode. You'll see, I'm, I was kind of on the on the fence about. Where I wanted him to go, I definitely figured I just want him out at that point. If he's going to be a distraction to the team and to himself, it doesn't benefit anybody. No, true. You know, you might as well move him if you think you're going to get something for him. But obviously, with the the constraints that uh, were put on, I mean, both timing. You know, mm-hmm. the season starting yeah. in like two two weeks. Yeah. Uh, then you've got, you know, they've got to find a buyer for him. They got to agree on. It. There's so many steps to a, a trade. Um, that it just doesn't really make sense. And considering why the negotiations, why, why he was demanding this is because contract negotiations broke down. Just seems like a case of, uh, of hot tempers yeah. in a room. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I think this is the best decision for him, given the facts, given the circumstances and given the uh, um, that he could. Just come back and dear himself. He lo- he's clearly in that statement he loves the city. He wants to give this another shot. It's not that he just wanted out because he didn't like the team. He just clearly was not anywhere close to the deal that he wanted. Yeah, he but felt very. He's under-run. got another year. Yeah, he's got another year to uh, for them to negotiate and also for him to come out and play his play his you know ass off. And whether it en- he ends up with Chicago or not, he- then he's got a whole off season. Yeah, to figure it out from there. He's gonna get but. Paid. Uh, it, no matter yeah. where, no oh. matter where he is, he's going to get
1: paid. He's a fantastic. Of
0: course, he's going to get paid. You know, he's one of the premier, uh, you know, defensive players, uh, and which is why this next one's so unfortunate. Speaking of defensive, uh,
1: yeah. Play. So, number five overall
0: pick, uh, Kyvon Thibodeau,
1: suffered an uh, MCL sprain in week two of uh, the preseason. Uh, he's expected to miss three to four weeks. So, nothing major, but an unfortunate start to a very talented player, and uh, yeah. was looking to. The Giants were expecting him to have a big impact this season, which obviously, yeah, he's in the top five. He's a freak athlete. He's capable of uh, racking up big, big defensive numbers, big sack numbers. So, yeah, it's just bad for development more than anything, I think, right? Because now you're sidelined. You're missing reps. You're missing preseason. Yeah,
0: so. you are. You're. You're. There's a lot of. It, well, it kills your momentum. Right. So, exactly. Everything that. You know, it was, was, was so exciting. You know, you know, now we just don't get to see that, and you, you lose a year. I mean, and, and this, can be, this can be potentially devastating. We hope it's not. We certainly hope it's not. It looks like it's only a sprain. Uh, he's only going to miss about a month. That's really crucial. But yeah, these injuries, when, when it comes to the knee, when anything with yeah. the legs, it's, it's tough. I mean, mm-hmm. these, are guys, these guys are, are built like brick cabanas. Like yeah. The knees, the, anything with the knees or, or, or legs in general it's tough mm-hmm. so uh you know we, we we wish him well um the it, it, over in uh carolina the carolinas uh we've got baker mayfield uh who was named the week one starter uh not really that surprising no. to uh the carolina panthers after the trade from the browns i mean this is a guy who's a former number one overall and mm-hmm. it's not like he's played terribly no you know he and and so he played well on the browns and then so now he's going to go to the panthers not exactly the best situation for him but uh th- this seems like a no brainer but the the problem is is behind him that's where there's a gap we've yeah. got darnold darn uh, darnold just got hurt yep so the bat the you know the number 2 on the on the depth chart is likely done for the season yeah at least going to be on the uh, ir so yeah he's likely done then you've got the brand-new, uh, you know, you've got Matt Corral, who was mm-hmm. just drafted in the last draft. Uh, he's sidelined for the season with a Liz Frank injury. So that's oh. just – that's that's unfortunate. Um, and the Panthers are going to need a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a Steeler fan, I've got someone you guys might want. <laughs> uh, it would be Mason Rudolph. And, by the way, I say that as probably one of the few Mason Rudolph believers. That's true, you are. In – in the entire country, much less the world. Uh, <laughs> but if we are going to trade him, might as well give him to to someone who's uh, you know who's going to need him, and that would be the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll we'll see how they how they pivot. But Baker is the 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 week one starter, so there's no issue there um over in basketball kevin durant who had we la- talked about in the last episode was was holding out on you know playing was saying he wanted to trade was out and it looked like everything was pretty much screwed for brooklyn yeah uh even as they were even as they were gaining the you know the uh the 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 moral right side I guess mm-hmm. they were sitting yeah. there you know they pushed back on him said no we're not going to just let go of the GM and 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 head Steve coach Nash Nash. And, mm-hmm. yeah they they fought back against him and I thought that was admirable even if they were in a losing position but now it looks like they've recovered because Kevin Durant has ended his trade demand and will return to the Nets now mm-hmm. you, for those who don't know he has four years on his contract mm-hmm. that's a significant number in basketball oh yeah that's years. a ton of control and it it is an interesting turn because now, see, look, Kyrie Irving demanded to be traded. He has more like a year left on his deal. Yeah, it it they brought him back. They basically told him no, and now there's a chance to kind of re- rebuild the uh, the the back room in this team. The like the feelings <laughs> looks like there's yeah. a lot of things thrown into the public. Yeah, and now they may be able to salvage what was supposed to be a perennial championship uh you know contender i guess man i don't know this team's <laughs> not gonna run <laughs> the,
1: on, the laughter this team's not gonna run on chemistry they're just they're just gonna go out and try to win games i guess i mean because yeah ben simmons will
0: be healthy but wow uh, i mean I, I i'm i'm hearing the laughter i was like wow am i just dead wrong in this but Really? I don't know. Look, the way I look at it is that, like, look, you're getting Kevin Durant back, who Fair. apparently is now bought in. Uh, yeah, and as he, much you've as got him can, for man. what? Rem- well, he's got. You've got him rem- in the rem- years that he is still on the team. I mean, this t- contract takes him to what age? Thirty-seven at the least. Yeah, around there. So yeah. you're getting solid Kevin Durant years, and if you can, if you can get him. Uh, and yourselves, I guess, to salvage the relationship with Kyrie Irving, you may have something. I'm not now. If it's me, I don't want anything to do with Kyrie I, Irving. I don't want anything but, to do with either of those guys. Honestly, that's too much work. But uh, it, it is. But it's our, the, the contracts have been signed, at least with Kevin, and he does still have a lot of pull in this league. Yeah, um, and he's still you know fantastic on the court. So let I, I we'll see. It, it's the Nets, so I don't really care that much but uh you know i would like to see more competition out in the east and and it has been you know like last season was perfect let's get the nets to at least where they should be to get that competition going so that would be uh you know Fantastic. But uh, you yeah. know, where, where there are ups, there are also downs in basketball. Connor? Yeah,
1: speaking about a team that was looking to start being competitive, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder just lost their number two overall pick, Chet Holmgren, who's going to miss the entire season with a Lisfranc injury, suffered during the crossover Another? pro-am event. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it isn't Another a list. break. It's a tendon tear. So at least there's no structure damage to the foot, which I think would be more worrying yeah. for a player of his size. But it's still a did worrying injury overall. No, I did not see the video. I know he was defending LeBron <laughs> on a fast
0: break. He so. was, and normally I don't want to give any any notion or, 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 or attention to that, but it the way he turned to – because, okay, my, my one thing, the reason I bring this up is because the one thing I did, I kind of went, was his size. Yeah, he's a very name. athletic player, and he's a very, uh, very player. slight of. He's lengthy, but he's slight of frame mm-hmm. in terms of he. He is not the weight that he technically should be for that. Uh, you know, for for his height. Yeah, so for but, anybody who's wondering, he's seven foot one, one hundred and ninety five pounds. That so
1: is not going to get it done.
0: Look, you see, I would be the perfect weight if I was seven foot one, but. But he he is far too skinny, or at least on paper. Now he's young. He's going to build muscle in the NBA. He's got now he's going to have you know dietitians and, and he's got trainers mm-hmm. and he's got everything he needs mm-hmm. to put on a little bit mu- uh, you know f- muscle and frame and everything. He was slated to do that. So when he makes a move like that on an on an NBA player who's had that training for the better part of twenty years and is a physical freak. <laughs> he's a physical freak yeah when he's he was trying to keep up trying to show a little bit i'm not saying that there was any correlation uh, between the players themselves but he made a move and this is what i was worried about so we'll see like like you said it's a tear it's not a break or a rupture or anything like that he uh or, or it is a rupture it's a rupture rather. tendon yeah um, but no no damage yeah, to the bones in the feet so at least yeah so he will recover yeah um and in that recovery probably learn a lot better ways to take care of his body so we wish him well as well mm-hmm. um and now my favorite oh, piece of man. news you're telling me man
1: this made this might have made my whole year uh, the angels owner artie moreno is now looking to explore possible uh a possible sale of the team which is oh man angel fans in general we were all just like <clears throat> thank you there someone is finally looking down on us and looking to get us out of this hell that i living in
0: look i won't take direct credit but (laughs) i will (laughs) i will take a little bit watch the last episode i cursed this man and saying because art moreno took over a championship team no doubt the angels had just won the (laughs) world series in 2002 art moreno bought them and for a little while, it seemed like, okay, this is going to be fine because they were coasting off of Mike Socha and, and the, the talent that had been you know brought in and everything. And it's not like uh, – it's easy to see that – or rather easy to think that, oh, it's just been the Angels. It's just been a curse or something like that. But no. when you look at the players that were brought in, be, <laughs> Josh Hamilton, even Albert Poole. CJ Wilson, bit, some horribly, Wilson. horribly you know, overinflated <sighs> contracts. Inflated yeah. contracts that just really did not do much for the team except put more people in seats, which is really what Art Marina wanted. So yeah. when you look at players like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, two of the most generational players yes. uh, in the history of ba- – I of, almost said basketball. In the history <laughs> of baseball, uh, you, you look at those and you go, "Oh, well, of course, they're, wa- they're wasting their talent. Well, maybe not. It's just about putting a team together. If this is a team sport. And I didn't agree with uh, the firing of Joe Madden. No. I didn't agree with the, the plethora of decisions that have come before and since. And, uh, and now him, I mean, look, he paid under $200 million yeah. for his team. Yeah. And now they're valued at $2.2 2 Yeah. They're uh, a top
1: 10 valued team, and they're a seller-dweller almost.
0: Like, And all you got to do is get this team – uh i mean if if you want a list of buyers a short list of buyers i think that would be just fantastic one uh come on come on the uh the samuelis the the uh, owners of the ducks that that'd you're right a, across the freeway that'd be a dream might as well that would be amazing for them to to get the team i know they had been previously rumored uh to uh have been interested in buying the team from moreno um i mean there's always <laughs> there's always balmer yeah uh there's there's always i mean there's a just a ton of billionaires out there, you know, or in in groups that could come in and buy this team. This is this is not going to be the, the Angels are not going to be up for sale for long. They're going to be bought and I can only hope that whoever comes in will do some justice to this team. First of all, rename them the Anaheim Angels yeah. where they freaking belong. Yep. Or uh, I'll even accept the California Angels, but at least bring them back. They're not Los Angeles, so just uh, do some justice there, and, and and then use Trout's remaining years and sh- and and also bring back Shohei Ohtani. Build a team around these people, yeah. Because you have something here. The mm-hmm. Angels. We saw it earlier in the season when Joe Madden was at the helm. He, the, there's some magic that can be worked here. Yeah, absolutely. it just needs people that care about it more. They the care about the sport over profit. Yeah. Now, we uh, so you know fingers crossed. But uh, back in the golf world, as we uh, mentioned last episode, the PGA Tour had some things to think about uh, with uh, with competitor live golf coming up in the world. Looks like they uh, have been busy. The uh, the PGA Tour, uh, particularly the top twenty players, including uh, so the the top uh, most of the top twenty. And they had Tiger Woods come in. They all met together and really sat down to lay everything out. To it was it can be easily seen as oh they were rallying support. No, no, they were trying to figure out how to to see if there were any lingering concerns from the top twenty and if those top twenty had heard any concerns from from the other players. Obviously, you can't get everyone from the PGA Tour in a in a giant room together. You're not really going to get much done. So. They had so they had the representatives in the room, and uh, and this was imp- important to note. It had nothing to do with the actual PGA Tour executives. Jay Monahan, the head of the PGA Tour, was not there. It was this was only for the players. And uh, things have happened since then. The PGA Tour upped the per- the average purse, so the money the at stake for the you know for each event for twelve events, they upped it to an average of twenty million dollars. That is massive keeps players uh in it. And uh 20 of the top players, so the top 20 that I mentioned, they are now committed. They've committed themselves to playing in at least 20 events in the PGA Tour. Huge. That's huge. Huge. That's that you, you basically cuz look, you can you can choose. You can pick and choose what events you want to uh, you're an independent contractor. You can mm-hmm. pick and choose what events you want to, you know, play in getting the commitment from those players is huge because yeah. it shows it shows that they want to be there that they believe in it and it uh it also drives uh viewership you know you get these players in people are going to watch mm-hmm. so earning and there was also the earnings ass- assurance program that was that did exist but now it is uh it has been revamped to uh there was a league minimum uh i believe if you played a certain number of events we mentioned you get 50 grand mm-hmm. eh, Okay, now they're guaranteeing minimum player salaries of five hundred thousand dollars wow. per player. Wow. Holy shit. Folks. This is great. This is massive. Yeah. That I applaud I mean, and look, and and the most skeptical people are gonna sit there and go, Yeah, well, you can thank Liv. And on some level, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely thank Liv. But I also thank the players here because the players are the ones they're the ones leaving. And they wanted something. They came together, and it's already paying dividends. So good for them. And uh, in the, also among the world, uh, you know, of golf, as of today, of the time of this filming, Rory McIlroy has won the FedEx Cup. Congratulations. So that is the that is the, uh, uh, the playoffs, the FedEx playoffs that uh, we had mentioned last episode as well. This is the culmination of it, and Rory McIlroy uh, has won it again. So that is uh, great for him. And now it is time, folks, to dive into the world of college football. We are so close to the game starting, and uh, you can kind of feel it in the air. I, where I am in the in the East Coast, I'm in Maryland, and the entire kind of landscape changes a little bit there. You know, w- with the weather starts to get a little colder, and uh, and people really, you know, turn out for for college football. They they really show up. So I'm pumped. And uh, but the the top twenty five was uh, was released uh, the preseason top twenty five and there were uh, it's a mix right so you're gonna have uh, some some surprises and uh, some no brainers right yeah correct is anyone surprised at seeing Alabama at at number one no, I don't think not. some shouldn't be course not but we did see a couple of interesting ones in the top 25 that uh, we want to pick out uh you know we, uh, you can go and see the top 25 for yourself you can see every analyst in the world uh you know talk about it but we wanted to go over just a few of the key uh the ones we found interesting connor you want to start us off yeah absolutely so uh, we got wake force at 22 so
1: mm-hmm. before um so i guess an unfortunate rank- one
0: an unfortunate one so
1: after they got ranked um their starting quarterback, Sam Hartman, goes down with an undisclosed injury for an indefinite period of time. Mm. And it's a huge loss because, I mean, look at the stats this guy put up last year. 4,000 yards, 39 touchdowns, 79.7 yeah. QBR. I mean, you can't replace Dude's that. A, like, I don't, he's a beast. Yeah, he's a gr- hell of a player. So. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, that's just kind of one of those where it's like, oh, well, they got ranked it was it, it would have been great to have seen what they could have done with Hartman starting, but one where unfortunately probably won't see them in the top twenty five for very long uh
0: no, they'll probably drop down, so they're twenty two right now so yeah they're they're done yeah um what about you Tyler? Either, what have you seen uh, I mean with me, i mean it's uh well, just to uh kind of reiterate like like we were saying they're done so twenty two yeah. mm-hmm uh Wake Forest is, is is probably out. Uh another surprising one that I saw uh Pitt, the University of Pittsburgh at 17. Yeah. They got a lot of of uh of headlines with particularly with Kenny Pickett and uh more recently with with Jordan Addison. So they did lose Jordan Addison. Yeah. Uh to the transfer portal, he went over to USC. More on that in a second. But they did gain from USC. They gained quarterback Keaton Slovis, who was a highly touted uh, prospect uh and and didn't exactly play terribly look at his stats when he played with usc when it was an actual full team he did pretty well so him in pittsburgh not only does it work it it works well enough to get them get them pretty pretty well ranked i mean i know they won the a uh the, the their division championship or their conference championship uh last year with kenny i think they make improvements at this so uh you know it's good i uh, Nothing more to say other than that. It really is it comes down uh to that. But uh now we're, we're going to get into a little bit here with the uh, uh there's a little bit of a box. So Miami at 16?
1: Yeah. What do we think about that?
0: Um I mean obviously
1: Miami's always going to have the hype, right? It's the U. And they get more mm. they hire Mario Cristobal, so yes. a guy who's very familiar with that program in general. Um but I'm very interested to see what they do with the pieces they have right now. Um, they are pretty high on Tyler Van Dyke, so they're expecting him to have a bigger season than he did last season, which he threw for 2,900 yards, 25 touchdowns, only six yeah. interceptions. So, I mean, they have a guy at the helm who can take a step, but it's obviously like this isn't Mario Cristobal's team, right? He hasn't recruited no. a lot of his team. So
0: yeah, it's it's a question mark. It's a
1: question mark. Probably a little high, you know. I'd expect them to probably hang around here.
0: It's preseason though. Yeah. You know, that's that's just what we've got. And, and speaking of uh, a little high, uh, g- given the hype, uh, we got USC at 15. And yeah. I say this as a UFC fan, a U- uh, I'll, I'll practically half my family went to USC. So like, I I I grew up, you know, really, uh, you know, loving and watching uh you know the you know the USC Trojans uh football team and they have an interesting season coming up. Yeah. I we we talked about Jordan Addison with with Pittsburgh that they uh he transferred to USC. The number one receiver in the country uh you know coming over to USC. That's already huge. That but we they got Lincoln Riley, former coach of Oklahoma. They got Caleb Williams. Former quarterback of Oklahoma and a, uh, a Heisman you know candidate, and they got Travis Die, starting running back for Oregon last year, among just a, a smattering of others.
1: Yeah, I can't. Believe this how is many a
0: team. Players. They built a team. They built an at least they built an offense because they yeah. got uh, you know tons of others other players too. They have built a team out of nothing, and I mean at least an offense out of nothing. So I understand the hype. I think they may – uh, 15 seems a, a, like they're hedging their bets a little bit, so I'll give them – I'll give the rankings there, the AP top 25. I'll give them a little bit of uh, of leeway there. Um, Some important games uh, to be played, and we'll see if they can capitalize. I don't think that they're going to – in their first season with Lincoln Riley and everything, I don't really think that they're going to, uh, you know, crack the college football playoffs or anything, but I do think it's an encouraging sight. Um, And speaking of Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, among others, uh, Oklahoma at number nine lost the aforementioned uh, the players uh, or the coach, Lincoln Riley and quarterback Caleb Williams, Mm -hmm. among others. That's a massive loss. And to see them at number nine, I was a bit surprised because I understand that their recruiting has been pretty good. I mean, let's see in number uh, in 2022, they were eighth. And uh, they were also let's see where were they in 2021? I want to say they okay they were the 10th, and uh, in 2020 they were 13th. So consistent top 15 recruiting classes. Mm-hmm. That's that's where you're going to get that replenishment of talent. So I understand the the hesitant you know like the you know hesitating to actually uh, re rank them in a significant way. But this is a new coach. This is a new quarterback. This is there's so many question marks. Yeah. At in terms of will this work from a chemistry standpoint, from a from a from a system standpoint, you're not just changing things over. Look, it was one thing when when Spencer Rattler went down and Caleb Williams came up, and there were question marks there, but it was still Lincoln Riley. Right. Lincoln Riley is a quarterback guru. Mm-hmm. So no one really saw anything you know wrong with that. this is a new coach so this is going to be interesting i think they're ranked a bit high i think there's a little bit like i said hesitation uh a little bit of hesitation to actually like sit down and go okay where do they actually belong i think maybe probably in the middle you know somewhere between 10 and 20 but you know they're at nine so we'll see if they can they got some big games we'll see what they can do with it
1: yeah yeah,
0: it'll be very interesting.
1: Um, and that's just been an interesting just like a note here. There's a lot of new head coach, new quarterback combos where you have a new coach getting hired mm. and they bring in a new quarterback at the same time, either through transfer. Yeah. We see that at Oregon too. There's a couple teams oh, yeah. where I, I haven't I don't remember it being like this for I don't know ever. So it's interesting to see that. And yeah, I think there's gonna be growing pains and at number nine.
0: Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, harder. it's 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 gonna be I mean like I'm just I'm just thinking about your comment here about the like we've never really seen this kind of, you know, shakeup in yeah. college football. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot on this list that could be challenged. Um I mean particularly this next one, Michigan at number 8. Okay, hold on. They're here for one reason and one reason only. Harbaugh. Coach Harbaugh. Every year Michigan ranks consistently in the top 10 and look They are coming, I will admit this, they are coming off a very, very strong win against Ohio State to end last season. Mm -hmm. But you have to think, the question has to be asked every year, is this the year that Harbaugh gets out of his own way? I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see anything particularly strong about Michigan other than the fact that they've got, you know, I mean, their recruiting has always been, uh, pretty solid. They mm-hmm. were ninth in this last uh, uh, recruiting cycle, thirteenth in the year before, and tenth in the uh, in the in 2020. So they have they're they're pulling the recruits, not not as many as a former uh, you know Super Bowl attending <laughs> attending <laughs> coach should be pulling in the uh, in the college football world. Yeah. But uh, they are they, again the talents there. The coaching should be there, right? Will yeah. they do anything with it? That is always the question. I mean, yeah. I feel like this this question's been asked ever since Michigan lost to Appalachian State, you know, <laughs> more than a decade ago.
1: Yeah. And you got to look at some of the pieces that they lost, too. They lose their number 1 <laughs> running back Kassan Haskins who True. rushed for 1300 yards, 20 touchdowns. Obviously, number number 2 overall pick Aiden Hutchinson. They lose oh, him. That's huge. So you're losing a 14 sack guy. And their starting quarterback Cade McNamara really hasn't didn't do anything to wow me. <laughs> 2,500 yeah. yards, He's 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, that's not really. A I don't guy. see it. Yeah, I don't so. see
0: it. I don't like. I don't see him at eight. I don't see him at 12. I, I maybe I could see him at 16. Yeah. But it's Michigan. It's Harbaugh. It's it's you know. Well, again, they have got big games too. So if they if they you know build off of last year, the end of last year's success, then we'll see something. But I'm I'm not completely sold at the moment. Yeah, what about uh, what about at number seven, Utah? You sold on them? Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, I think okay, okay. I'm I'm upset because you and I both watched that Rose Bowl, oh, and that was just it was so as exciting as it was in the first half. It was just as deflating in the second half yeah. because to see Utah take Ohio State for everything it had, mm-hmm. and then just to shit the bed in the second half, I I was so disappointed. Uh, and now mind you that did come with an injury to cam rising so i think that whittingham is a strong squad here he he is he's a solid coach he's got solid i mean let's take a look at his recruiting i don't know that it's particularly that strong i don't think in it's recruiting going to be. no Nah, twenty twenty's number 30 let's see 2021 they were number 34 and then the most recent one they were probably a little higher i'd imagine nope yeah 33 so not we're not looking at insane recruiting numbers they're still in the top 50 so you got to give them that but yeah i think that really they've got this is their last chance at least in the uh the very short term um for two reasons one camerizing is uh you've got to build on that success and you've got to use it while you have it and two uh we're coming down to the last what two seasons that uh this year and next year that uh you know the pac 12 will be relevant Mm mm-hmm you know, potentially because we know that USC and UCLA are, you know, slated to move to the Big Ten. So, you know, the Utah being at seven, I believe that they can uh, do some damage. I think it's, I think it's a bit high. I'd, I'd put them at you know, ten, ten, nine, whatever. Yeah. But seven, hey, given, given the rest of the field, we'll see how it plays out. And that's kind of the running theme. We got to see how it plays out. It's the preseason, and with college football, it's one thing to rank. And look at rosters in football. When it comes to college, the it, it gets so much more uh, detailed because there's just so many factors, yeah. and 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 the next man up mentality is so strong mm-hmm. in college football because mm-hmm. these are all such great prospects that come in and they're talented. So, you know, we'll see with uh, you know with, with how they they play, but they they're if they're going to do anything, they got to do it behind uh, their star quarterback in uh, Cam Rising. Um, and then next at number six, we got Texas A&M, who is an, – they're another team that – like, okay, their recruiting has been off the yeah, phenomenal Yeah, phenomenal. Okay, let's look in just tw- the last three years. 2020, number six. 2021, they were number uh, – let's see, eight. And then this last one, they took the cake at number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about eight five-star Uh, recruits which was more than double the amount alabama got they got 24 stars and then in 2021 when they were eighth they had they got their fair share of four stars and five stars in 2020 same same split they have talent they are ranked here because of their talent Mm -hmm. will they be able to capitalize on it big question mark they're super young yeah that's where that's where the
1: experience comes in and they don't have a star at quarterback they have stars at a bunch of other positions but yeah your main guy running the squad who's moving the ball you know
0: he's not I mean, a big name he's not but but th- not to say that there's not opportunity no, for that absolutely to, not to take place i just think that they're they're really young and that they really have they they've got a lot to prove but given their uh division i mean what are they let's see texas are you know I want to see their schedule real quick uh, because I know they've got some important games. Arkansas, huge. Alabama, there's your biggest test of, of all. Course. Mississippi, that's uh, that, so that's and Miami. So you've got four games, four games throughout the season that are really going to test you. In and I mean right there, you, if you can you, back to back Miami and then Arkansas, yeah, you win those two games. Going into the Alabama game. We're, we might be seeing them ranked in the top yeah, five, absolutely. so we'll see. I'm not uh, again. I'm not too sold on it, but yeah, mean you know, whatever ever, but. And I'll tell you who I'm damn certain not sold on every single year, but this year might change it for me. Wow, At number it, number, uh, number five here, yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame.
1: Ugh. I don't know, man. Same thing, new coach. Uh I mean, yeah, yeah they have a be- they have a tougher schedule. That that's what I'll give them credit for. That had always been kind of my I'm, knock. Yeah. On Notre Dame was play more talented teams. Come on, this independent stuff is,
0: and that's why I yeah. say let's look at the schedule because look every year, like like Connor just mentioned, the the question for Notre Dame is when are you going to pick a division and when are you going to consistently play the top talent you know in in the league and that was different. Yeah, you know, it was a little different when every year you are playing Ohio State and USC. USC hasn't been what what it was in the last ten years, so you know uh, even longer so you you've got to be able to play top talent if you're going to get ranked really high but this year might be the year for Notre Dame to shut everyone down and and finally you know be worthy of its top 5 placing because game 1 folks we're talking i mean this is this episode uh, at the time when this comes out it'll be tomorrow yeah. i mean it's saturday the 3rd they're playing ohio state that is that's the only test you need throughout the season. you're getting it on game one that's true so Ohio State's ranked number two, so this isn't a uh, you know a shake around game this isn't preseason If they beat Ohio State in any kind of way that would in any kind of adjective that might be toward convincing, <laughs> yeah we're talking a whole different you know this this you know they they could be playing themselves into the college football playoffs from game one, but they're playing uh Ohio State, BYU, they're playing Clemson, they're playing USC. Four games against ranked talent and two of those are in the top 5. That's massive. So, yeah. This may be the year. Again, new like you said new coach, untested, you know whatever, but we'll see if they can do it and we'll get that answer pretty much tomorrow. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'd love to, I'd love for Notre Dame to prove me wrong, but
0: I mean, it's against Ohio State, so it I want is. them to pro- – this is the only <laughs> game I want them to prove me wrong in. Wow. Um. And speaking of top five talent, we are going to rattle off the last four here. Uh, Clemson, in number four. Uh, Pretty underwhelming season last year. Yeah, very underwhelming season for what we've expected from Clemson from the last
1: few. So, I mean, obviously, we're going to have to see a much, much improved season from DJ Uyan Galilei, their uh, starting yeah. quarterback. Say that. Say that 10 times. <laughs> yeah, please uh, do. I've been saying that in my head this whole podcast to make sure I didn't <laughs> butcher it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they've they've got a lot to prove, but uh It's you know, yeah, it's it it it's Clemson. The to do it.
1: They have the pedigree. Dabo Swinney obviously has shown yeah. that he can win big games. He's a multi-time uh college football playoff winner, you know. Oh yeah. So it'll be interesting. I, their defense, their defense is real. Uh, they're going to they're going to put some they're going to stop yes. people from scoring. It's going to be can they score points, which is the same thing, same narrative from last season. Yeah,
0: it's the it's the opposite of the problem they had when they had Trevor Lawrence and and oh, uh, Eddie N and everything. Whew. They they could score, but could they defend? Now it's they could defend. Can they score? Uh, speaking of defense, Georgia at number three, uh, reigning college football champions. Georgia, uh, they lost an absolute avalanche of defensive talent. God, man, in those names, pretty sure. Whew. I was one pretty of sure the last draft could just be Georgia. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they drafted so – didn't they set a record for most I uh, they did. defensive players drafted in the first round? I mean, if you look at the defensive just – they they were setting records last year that I don't know if we'll ever see as dominant of a defense ever again.
1: I mean, yeah, they they had some unbelievable players. Obviously, it comes to mind Nicoby Dean. I mean, how do you replace a captain and a, a linebacker like that? Um obviously yep, Trayvon they, Walker, the number 1 overall pick, Jordan Davis, is just an absolute monster in the middle defensive line and
0: Yeah, this is it they they lost so much talent. But let's not forget that they do have this is college football next man up in mm-hmm. 2020 they had the number 1 ranked uh recruiting uh class and in in 2021 they had number 4 and in 22 they had number 3 consistent top fives they have the talent to replace this mm-hmm. this is going to be a great team for a long time not surprised to see them uh, ranked in the top 3 uh it is it, the only reason they they dropped down two spots cuz they lost all that talent yeah. but uh and then you've got with the last two, Ohio State at number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where you start to get the the, the explosive offenses. I mean, Ohio oh, State being ranked, they, they, oh, they are so loaded on the offensive side of the ball that I'm not even sure if we're going to see a, any game that they score below 40 points.
1: <laughs> You're telling me, man? C.J. Stroud yeah. can sling that rock, man. He he wow. he
0: is he is the best quarterback in college football. He mm-hmm. he just Very? is he's and i'm and i say that with just such a heavy heart not being able to lure him to a california school oh man uh given that's where he's from both him and bryce young mm-hmm. uh but he look i know bryce young won the heisman and i know that he you know he's on alabama and he's and but make no mistake cj stroud from talent to intangibles is the best co- college football quarterback he would he should be uh the first overall pick next year in in the draft and if he plays nearly half as well as he did last season i mean the man completed 72 percent of his passes that is crazy so he he is an accurate quarterback who is also has the the correct intangibles that you're looking for but uh the he's his team is not ranked number one that is reserved for the always around and i say that rolling my eyes alabama <laughs> they I don't know that they've had one No, no, no. They've never had in the last three years, they have not had a recruiting class that was not number one or number two. So they have the talent. They have so much talent that they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. It's so insane. The amount of, of talented players that they, that they bring over and Nick Saban has built himself a dynasty that will, uh, be, it's just, it's insane to see it. So, of course, they're ranked number one. That doesn't surprise anybody here. Nope. It doesn't surprise anybody listening. It doesn't surprise anyone who who knows college football. They've got tough games. They're, they're in the SEC. They belong there, and they've got the Heisman, the the, the reigning Heisman uh, winner in in Bryce Young, and who is only in my mind slightly behind C.J. Stroud. But these these two teams at one and two. They make sense.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Wouldn't be surprised if we uh, saw so, them playing each other in the final. Exactly. I'm. Just, it's that cut, cut and dry. This season, there's a lot of changes on the back end, but for, when it comes to the top three, business as usual. So mm-hmm. we will. Uh, we're excited to see the games. Obviously, uh, with the the very first important game, uh, you know, happening this weekend, we will. You know, we'll see and we'll keep tabs on it. Um, we, you know, I I would certainly love. Uh, to I mean, either way, we win. Me and you, Connor. Mm-hmm. We win. Mm-hmm. Either because either Notre Dame gets stomped and we yeah, go, yep. Told you. Exactly. Or Ohio State gets stomped. And I mean, I'm happy because I'm a USC fan. So Ohio State getting stomped is always fun. Um, but we, again, we'll see. Uh, you know, that's there's a lot of power up for grabs in the college football space. Uh, and speaking of power, speaking of power, <laughs> yeah, college football, the, the, the landscape is is changing has already changed i mean if you just look at the recent we want to i guess well for lack of better terms we'll call it off season of of college football and the amount of transfers going around around and the amount of times you've heard the word the the, the acronym nil mm-hmm. and you're and you're going to hear it more more and more and more from everywhere when anyone talks about college football well, this is what we're going to be talking about and college sports in general the nil now nil for those who don't know stands for name image and likeness and what it does is there was a court case that went to the supreme court and the supreme court had has now ruled and you know previously ruled that college players are allowed to profit off of their name image and likeness they're the one it's it's their name right i mean ordinary citizens already do this Mm -hmm. they if you want to sign a deal, if I want to sign a deal and use Connor's name and his image and his likeness in anything that I want to advertise, I have to pay him. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Well, the NCAA previously didn't allow that. They they put a stop to it. They no one would, that's why if look, you can see it in everything. Go to go find there a video game called NCAA Football. Oh man. like 2005, right? Go you'll notice that none of the players have names. Mhm. It's because they're not allowed to be used. Mm-hmm. Because if they were to be used in the game, they'd have to pay all of those mm-hmm. players. So, this is good, and there, it raises questions at the same time. It's yes. good because these players are, should be paid a hundred percent. Yeah, they're making a ton of money
1: for the NCAA, and you know, yes.
0: get these little stipends to pay for food and whatsoever. And it was they were they were not getting they were they were doing pulling in massive amounts of profit for the NCAA, and they were not seeing any money for it. Yeah. And and regardless of what you want to say they get in return or what they used to get in return, it wasn't enough. You're using someone's, you know, entire likeness. You know, you need to pay them for mm-hmm. that. You know, it's if, if you're going to be making money off of them. So what does it do? So the NIL, it gives players the ability that every ordinary citizen has to make money then accept money from businesses for using their you know likeness in you know they can use it in their products or advertisements mm-hmm. or anything like that they're allowed to do that and receive money in exchange what this is not is not this is not schools getting money to pay their players this is not oh uh, we've got the University of Oregon and they're giving, their new quarterback recruit 10 million dollars to come play for no correct that is not what is happening this is schools do not have any power authority whatever they cannot offer players money to come play that is called inducement Mm -hmm. and it is illegal you cannot do that but a business located in houston can you know if they want if they want to recruit talent and sign up and say okay sure you know you're going to you know, x school we're going to pay you to you know to you know to advertise with you in our commercials or whatever use your name and stuff like that they can certainly do that and mm-hmm. you know corporations in los angeles new york wherever they're allowed to do that that's where we start we, we run into questions problems will there will there be any right so the first thing to note about, uh, you know, besides the schools not really having any involvement in this, is does every player, I've, I've heard this one a lot, do, are these is there a set amount? Is there a deal that, that these, oh, this is a college sports deal? Or is there any kind of regulation? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's not. And we can see that in the deals that have been been offered i mean let's take a look at just the the top 10 rumored nil deals right or i mean these ones are more cut and dry but it these are all these they're estimated if you look at just jordan addison right he recently signed he he went from there's some controversy around him because he was the player of the year or the wide receiver of the year at the university of pittsburgh in the off season, he transferred to usc and there were some rumors at the time that maybe he was induced. Yeah, you know, like he was. He was told, "Hey, you're going to get this deal. Yeah, you're going to come over here. going to pay you,
1: and the, yeah, there was basically a bidding war. Correct. There was rumors that schools had were, were yeah, bidding. Rumors for him. of
0: a bidding war. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's that's highly illegal. And and so there. And then it started churning. Okay, so we've got USC up to its old tricks, and you've got you know uh, the smaller schools getting edged out, and we don't know what's going to happen. But it turns out that the, that nothing shady went went on other than the fact that it's Los Angeles and there's a lot of corporations out there that have a lot of pull. <laughs> uh, United, United Airlines signed a deal with uh, Jordan Addison recently uh, to use him in their advertising, uh, you know, the, all of their, their new routes that they're offering. Uh, and, you know, so they used they they gave Jordan Addison a deal uh, I'm not sure of the money of that deal but it is significant. I mean these guys, I mean he's estimated to be a 1.5 million dollar player. Mm-hmm. Um from a college sports perspective. So that's that's significant money. Yeah. Um and if you look at the other players, you know, that are out in the world or in the in the country at least. Uh you you've got there's a lot of money to be had. So do do these players get the same deals? No, it's up to the company. It's yeah. up to the corporations involved, and in, in, the, in the you know the the companies that want to pay them to. You, they, I mean, what, what's that that deal? Uh, I think for the this is uh, a quarterback recruit. So we're not even talking about a quarterback play, like a college player yet. Yeah, an un- unsigned player. Yeah, a a high school recruit is rumored to have the largest NIL deal in history. Uh, at nine and a half million dollars, and that's quarterback Jaden Rashada, uh, Rashada, uh, rumored to be, you know, he's, I believe his his com- he's committed to. Oh, he the is University committed. Okay, so, wow, yeah. So he's committed to the University of Miami, and there have been r- a bunch of rumors around his deal. But that is the, the the rumor is the reports are that he is signing this deal, and it is going to be. I mean, that would that would be insane. We're talking about court. Qu- $10 million almost for a, guy who for, a, for a high school player. Who
1: hasn't played a single snap at the next at the next level from where he's at, at the college level, right? So it's not high school where these guys put up insane numbers if they're that talented, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to pay $10 million. Obviously, these are all rumors, but this is just kind of the landscape that we've been seeing, right? It's just players yeah. getting an unreal amount of money for this kind of stuff, which on one hand – fantastic right that's what they should they 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 are watched they are entertainment people pay money to go see them in general right so it's good that they're getting this kind of money it's just how the deals are being done where it's you know where it's all coming from but 10 million dollars for a
0: high schooler man that's a lot of money to to bank on a talent that may or may not pan out yeah but it's great for him
1: he's said if that whole thing if that whole contract goes through
0: but I want to make that clear. Yes, good for him. That is fantastic. Get that money. Some corporation's going to offer you ten million dollars, you know, to go. And again, but here's the thing: they didn't offer him ten million to play for Correct. the University of Miami. They offered him ten million dollars regardless mm-hmm. of where he plays. That's the that's the thing that everyone, you know, uh, the missing connection yeah. in his heads this is not teams teams or colleges are not working with corporations and Correct. saying you need to offer so-and-so that a bunch of money so we can get them over here and it's contingent on no, 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 yeah. no contingencies no no that no paying this for performance pure, yeah pure advertisement mm-hmm. so let's go over a little bit of the what is you know the the, the rules that you know go through uh, that are attached to this you know this kind of situation this uh, you know this NIL as it were, right? So are they gonna be paid by the schools? No, we know that. Mm-hmm. We know that they're not being paid by the schools. And they're gonna get paid in a variety of ways. Again, it's up to the corporation uh, in, in the type of advertisement. But the the, uh, the 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 problem is is that this isn't entirely regulated yet. No. There are not a lot of uh there's not a lot of oversight other than the the basics especially when you consider the news that Connor had mentioned earlier, which was that the NCAA is now asking their member schools to help in the investigations of, you know, breaches of NIL transactions. And they stress the importance of self-regulating. Now, the reason I called that a cop-out earlier is because the NCAA very much lost their lawsuit against, uh, you know, uh, basically for the NIL. They did not want to pay players. College football has been an amateur sport since the 1800s. They, they do, they are not paid, and they, they shouldn't be paid. Was their argument? That's what their argument was, and they lost. So now they have to. They players get paid, and and you know they can't exactly sit there and rake it in. And if they advertise with certain players, they've got to pay them. Mm-hmm. So they lost this battle. And why? And again, why I said it's a cop out is because. Basically, they're saying, uh, you figure it out. Yeah. Self-regulate. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, you guys wanted this. You right. Guys wa- you guys fought for it and wanted it, man. Oh, there are problems with it? Suddenly, you, you know, you guys are sitting back and, and realizing you need some regulation. Yeah, but you know what? To, uh, two points. One, fuck off. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck off. You guys uh, the, you, you guys didn't want to pay these players. You were raking in billions. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, Like, they're... Don't you have the power and the organization to help schools figure this out and to do your job in investigating, you know, potential illegal activity? Yes. And if you're choosing not to do that, then it goes beyond petty at that point. You're just being uh, negligent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. That's what I have to say about that. I mean, on the other hand, um, the, I think schools, leaving it in the in the hands of schools to self-regulate is a conflict of interest. Yeah, because, 100%. Well, you bring in, I mean, like look at the, the rumors that already swirled around USC. Even though they were found to be false, it still brings in the question of, are these bigger schools going to get, particularly private universities, are they going to be able to do some shady, underhanded shit? to get the top talent over to their schools to compete every year and are the smaller schools and the smaller conferences are they going to suffer you know and which it's I a mean, big question it's a yeah. right it's a big question yeah i mean if you and want, there's not a clear-cut answer no
1: if you want just my base level observations from all the corrupt shit we've seen from schools <laughs> over the
0: years i'm gonna say yeah because that's more money in their pockets well, right I mean, well, look. I mean, we, there's there's been shady shit going on at schools. I mean, from 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 people paying to get their kids in mm-hmm. to to you know rich people left and right. You got you got schools. I mean, I, only one school was caught for this in the University of North Carolina, but I would be. I think it would go widespread. They were uh, North Carolina was caught for uh, basically giving its athletes passing grades no matter what oh yeah that's right man a yeah which undermines the entire i don't know point of of higher education yeah so the, and i and i know they were caught for it but i would argue that there are so many schools out there doing that same thing absolutely so it but they were not punished and the, the, there's in college sports is what's known as the death penalty. Now, the death penalty in college sports is basically you do not get to compete for anything relevant. Mm-hmm. There's no college football playoffs. There's no ranking systems. There's no there's no bowl games. You lose and I'm pretty recruits. sure you lose uh, the amount of recruits. I think offers you can send out or recruits you can sign. There it is. So the death penalty in uh, the NCAA is the power under the NCAA to ban a school from competing in a sport for at least one year. It's coll- uh, colloquially termed colloquially, colloquially we're going to leave <laughs> You're this doing all right, it. Out. I it, I may be having a stroke. Uh, colloquially colloquially termed the death penalty is a nod to capital punishment being the harshest penalty that a school can receive. There have only been imp- it's only been implemented 5 times. Once for the University of Kentucky in 50- 1952. Uh, The basketball program at the University of Southwestern Louisiana, the uh, Southern Methodist University program in Ah, 87, uh, Morehouse College in 04 and 05, and McMurray. Uh, a tennis program in 06 and 07. And mind you, the last two were Division <laughs> two and Division <laughs> three sports. So a tennis no program got the
1: death penalty?
0: <laughs> what the fuck were <laughs> they doing?
1: <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. I, that, that would come me by surprise. A tennis program <laughs> got the death penalty. Jesus Christ. Okay.
0: So the, uh, in division, for that one, the tennis program. Hold on. Let, I'm actually interested now. Uh, oh, I don't even think they mention it like oh yeah McMurray McMurray's tennis team had its seasons canceled after a part-time coach and his father uh, uh Neil Hart and his father arranged to obtain $126,000 worth of grants for 10 players from foreign countries oh man division three schools are not allowed to offer scholarships when the athletic director learned about the violation he forfeited the one match the team had played that year and then canceled the seasons then self-reported the infractions committee said that while Hart's intentions were good, he had nonetheless committed blatant violations. The committee was also angered by Hart's statements at the hearing <laughs> uh, where he referred to the NCAA, double, uh, or the NCAA rules as a joke and described the grant program as a scheme. That's actually, you know what, we're going to bring that in because here's the thing. They were basically found to have been offering scholarships uh when they're not allowed to. Yeah. They were offering mm-hmm. to foreign players uh in order to, you know, bring in more talent. Yeah. This the, they got the death penalty for 2 years, which was they were banned and the tennis program was actually eliminated. Wow. They don't have a they don't have a tennis program anymore. Wow. At McMurray College. And this is this this is the dichotomy you see between you know like between the uh, forgive me the dichotomy you see between uh, between the upper co- upper echelons of college sports and the lower echelons. This was a Division three school. They got the hammer. Yeah, they got they got the hammer. <laughs> they got worked. That's crazy. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. They, they the NCAA didn't even didn't even phase them to to just stamp out. You know, but UNC is basically committing fraud yeah. <laughs> with all of its, uh, you know, its students. And oh, that I doesn't mean, even
1: get NCAA loves North Carolina. Let's be real; they're that's one of those teams
0: that they just love. they love them, but they love a lot. They love a lot of schools out there. And, oh, for and, sure. And, but Division One, they do not really like to touch, and they haven't since the '80s. So it it the top schools. Ha- so when the NCAA comes out and says police yourselves that's just a long that's it's in line with everything they've done which is we're going to take this big stance but we're not really going to do anything to enforce Mm -hmm. anything correct and and the ncaa just really exists to rake in money at this point because now you're expecting the conferences which are gaining power i will admit that the the conferences you know with with the uh, the sec the big 10 i mean these these are conferences that are gaining power in and I mean that now they're even talking about maybe bringing the college football playoffs. Maybe they just run college football, you know, away from NCAA, which would be. I mean, I don't even know how to think about it other than you know because when I think college sports, I think NCAA. Correct, but you know it's. You know, I, I, but we we've seen the the things that that uh, these organizations, when they have enough power and enough pull, they can basically do whatever they want and that applies to schools as well so let's take a school like the university of southern california usc Mm -hmm. in their their position in los angeles their position as you know coming back in the college football world and 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 now rising in college basketball and really being a contender in a lot of division one sports if when you see a corporation in los angeles offer certain players you know nil deals. It can be very easy to assume that to assume that oh, there's no way a player from like Wisconsin, whatever, get those kind of deals, right? Because the the pull in Los Angeles, uh, the power, of the money is just it, it's where it is, mm-hmm. and that's where these questions would uh, really come into into focus. Because look, you do not have to be located in Los Angeles to be a corporation that offers a deal to somebody. Correct. That's the thing I, uh, that. That people are, are completely forgetting, yeah, if I run a corporation in Miami, Florida, and I want to offer a deal to a University of Oregon player to advertise you know him or her on in my in my products or services, I'm allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. That is completely above board. that is you're fine, you know so it's not so when people say, well, how will this change all of the uh, you know, the, the, the landscape of college you know, you know college sports, particularly college football, I don't know that it changes that much at all. Because Jordan Addison could have gotten that uh, that same deal with United, could have gotten in the University of Pittsburgh. What was what would be the problem? Yeah, you know? um,
1: I um, I guess just I don't more, see anything official. Yeah, it's I guess just more the size of the
0: spotlight. And, and that's just my own uh, assumption. That's not to say that I and I and I know what you're saying. That's not to say that 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 being in Los Angeles, oh, it's no different from being anywhere else. Or, or New York, or Miami, or Chicago. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it, the the idea that corporations are only going to focus on schools in their, you know, within there's 20 fear, miles. Yeah, their sphere <laughs> like, of
1: influence, correct? Yeah.
0: It's not. That's just not the 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 way things are, uh, or the way things should be. So the balance of power is going to change. I think it's going to be more consolidated. I think it I is agree. going to get worse. I agree, and
1: especially with the way um conferences are starting to be crammed together. You got people from you know obviously UCLA and USC are moving to the uh Big 10 or Big 12.
0: Yeah. So it I I don't see what I what I what I think Is what I think is really going to happen is again I talked about consolidation. These schools, these bigger schools, they already have a lot of power. So when you look at Alabama, you look at LSU, you look at you know USC and Ohio State and all you know when you look at those schools, they already have power and they're just going to consolidate that power. Mm -hmm. So I think while the NIL gives the ability, I think you're going to see some deals pop up. In the smaller schools, because yeah, you're going to sure. have, you know, you're going to have the the ability for them to, you know, to to bring in talent. I but I don't think that it's going to be. Well, I don't think it's going to be enough to overtake the fact that you're getting just all of this talent into the the bigger name schools already, and those, uh, you know, now you're not going to see as much movement in the transfer portal.
1: Uh, that that. That
0: I'm interested to see because Transfer Portal
1: already is really blown up in the last few years just because obviously guys well, wanting more playing time, yada, 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 not satisfied. Now they can move over, don't have to oh. sit out a year.
0: So, oh, I see what you're saying. So you think that they make a name for themselves yeah, and then they transfer I, because now, hey, I've got a name that you can, absolutely, I, I can make money off of. Absolutely. I think
1: you could come in as a three-star okay. recruit. Maybe you come in somewhere where you are an immediate starter. You play really well. You yeah. and then you can move on somewhere else, and then you get more opportunities. Another question okay. I would want to pose is: Do you think uh, high school athletes are going to start looking for deals in certain places where they're looking for the best deal available? Right? Oh
0: my god, yes. Yeah, for sure. Oh right? my god, and that and see that was my that's where I was kind of going with my previous opinion. Mm-hmm. You know that I've already de- you know has already been debunked. In that, I think that these deals are going to get signed earlier. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see these these i mean we were just talking about the the my university of miami signing that 10 million or not them but like the, their future recruit is getting signing, a, big deal. You know, mm-hmm. a, a huge deal that's that's massive and now i think these high school players are going to have these deals signed and and before they even get to the school yeah so they having that already in place i think it i think it you see that's where i was thinking maybe you'd see less movement from the top echelon of talent yeah i think the top Uh, end guys are gonna probably be set i agree with you but then but to your point there's gonna be probably a lot more movement on the players that make a name for themselves after the fact Mm -hmm. so when you get a player that's going to a smaller school and they blow it out and get on the radar and you know as a sophomore or a junior well Maybe they do sign that big NIL deal to go in, not to go to another school, but maybe they go to another school with their popularity, sign an NIL deal. Because here's the thing: when players did this before, this is where I see there may be a little bit of a balance. Because when players did this before, when they had a blowout season, no one can top it. I'm thinking Johnny Manziel type type, you know, where they just go out and completely, you know, blow everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. Adrian their Peterson. first thought. Well, yeah, exactly. And their first thought is time to go pro because yes. it's time to make money. Right. I think that you're going to see less of that in college sports and you're going to see a heightened level of competition because of that. So you're going to get the player that blows it out as a freshman. He doesn't want to leave anymore because he's already getting paid $3 million on his, back end, on his back end deal with Jersey Mike's. I don't know. <laughs> My point is that I think that the security of having money is going to keep these players in college a little bit longer hmm. than they otherwise might have. So, and I say that as like, and I'm thinking more toward the underclassmen. I'm not, th- I'm thinking more, you know, of the freshmen and the sophomores, the really young guys that, you know, this isn't college basketball, right? These guys, where it's like one and done typically, college football, you really need the the experience yeah you need to have the the three to four years of of high intensity football in order to get to that next level and have a successful career mm-hmm. and if you're going if you if you blow it out and then you you already have that security of like hey I've got this deal I've got the money I don't really need to worry well now maybe they stay complete their education maybe go out and play a couple more years in in, in with their you know their school maybe we're going to see some heightened competition that's what i think i think that they're not going to be as jumpy to get over to the pros because they you know because there's always this fear of i need to get to the pros now while i'm while i still have my body mm-hmm. and i think that goes away once you add uh you know a couple million into the fat, into the you know <laughs> decision making process
1: yeah that's a it's an interesting thought i think hopefully it keeps the guys who aren't ready to go, and you know, keeps them in the game. Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, the top end, super talented guys who are dominating are gonna go regardless, well, right? That's just
0: yeah, because I think the that, that's the thing you have to look at when you when you think of uh young guys who really shouldn't have jumped as early as they jumped. I mean, and again, I look at I, I mentioned Johnny Manziel because he played two years, two years uh, in in texas a&m and yeah he had two great seasons but he he could have played you know another year at least and probably been better for it but the fear of him potentially getting hurt potentially not being able to make that money i think that that drove him over the edge to go pro yeah we all know (laughs) what happened there
1: I think there was a, there was a little more going on with Johnny and Manziel just <laughs> sure sure.
0: I mean, but I'm talking about college. Like when he went, you know from that point, right? Like yeah, he there were there was other factors in with Manziel, but I maturity, you know, that kind of goes into you got to stay and play a little bit longer before jumping into the pros. I mean, we've seen that as kind of a growing problem in pro football. As it is, we've seen the guys that are more focused on social media, more focused on TikTok rather than, than being in the, the, you know, the watching, watching film. Yeah. They're more, you know, focused on their brand individually than well, going out and playing football. And this may, I'm not saying it will be, I'm not saying it won't be, I'm just saying it, I think it might be a, a the, the the bridge the bridge between those two schools of thought, where you say I need to make my money, but I'm really freaking young.
1: <laughs> yeah, my one you know? my one rebuttal to that is you're talking about brands, obviously, and guys being focused on their mm-hmm. brands. This NIL allows guys to build their brands from age 17, 18 years old, right? So, yeah. like now they do, but they, uh, do they become more focused on that because they have already started? it, Right? It's like thinking, well, you ah! know, football's not going to last
0: forever. So well, that could be the that and that's the that's the the question that gets raised right That's the other side of it you know the, and we and that's we are on basically opposite sides where it's like on one hand do they do they have the security of the money and then they go out and play play better, or do they get a taste of the money and think this is what I have to do mm-hmm. you know this is all I should be focusing on, so that is the question I'm not sure to be honest uh entirely sure, but i I still lean a little bit more toward. Uh, they're going to stay probably stay in college a little bit longer because mm. okay, again, if I'm and this is I can only speak for, for you know myself right? right. I know that if I'm in that situation as a college player, someone who who is has enough talent to be noticed. Okay, at that point, my only my only two, my two of my thoughts are: I need to stay healthy mm-hmm. in order to go pro mm-hmm. and make money. And, you know, what is the best path to get there? And for a lot of guys, that's leaving college early. Yeah. For a lot of guys, that's going pro, taking their chances in the league because at least they'll sign. If they get drafted, uh, you know, in the first three rounds, they'll have a you know a, a decent enough deal to get them through. And whether they make it or not, they've made some money. Yeah. With the NIL, I think that, one, they should be should have been being paid anyway, so that's good. And then, two... It just gives them that that little bit of security for them to go, okay, I can build on this. I can become a better player. I've already got I've got money coming in. Right. I've got this I've got this rolling. So I don't need to worry about all the things. Because a lot of these guys are coming, I mean, they're they're not coming from the best of situations all the time, True. right? You know they think they've got to provide for their family. They're thinking, hey, if I go pro, I, I, my family's needs are met. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to do so much give back, and that's amazing. And most of these guys do that if they have the ability to do that earlier. Does that give them the the security to stay in stay in uh, school and uh, potentially finish their education, potentially build upon you know their blowout season, their seasons, and get drafted even higher? So that's that's at least what i think i'm not sure of how uh, of whether everyone's gonna think like that because there are guys that you know hey we've seen it you get a taste of the money and you start yeah
1: and you have a lot more freedom once you're a pro because you're not really obviously your team and all that stuff that's kind of a governing body but they're not on a level of a governing body as a school right so yeah um i mean yeah but yeah it's 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 interesting (laughs) but um i think moving on so uh, Some other speculated problems. I mean, obviously, we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. That's the NIL Collective, correct? Which is probably the seedy underbelly of this whole thing. That's kind of this kind of loophole, more or less, that's come through that I think is going to end up being a major problem. Right?
0: Yeah. Okay. So collectives are essentially. So we talked about corporations. Mm -hmm. Corporations are allowed to go and spend whatever they want. Well, alumni or booster or, or uh, you know, essentially little organizations that work in tandem with schools like the booster clubs and programs and whatnot, they are now working with corporations to form what's, what, what are being called collectives where they will offer deals to players essentially, you know, that, that go to
1: their schools. Yes.
0: Now we're running into problems. Again, yes. coming back to USC, there's a there's a, a booster program where the school is basically saying stop. We don't want anything stop. to do with you. Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> don't, don't come anywhere near us. But they're still going despite, and they're saying, I mean, I think their deal was they're going to pay a minimum salary to every player on the roster, which yeah. I don't know how that's not inducement. Uh, that, yeah, that right there is starting to get into a level of, uh-oh, yeah. You're <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know that it even is. I don't even know that it's a uh, speculation at that point. If you're telling me, if I'm an NCAA executive, and I'm just reading the paper, or reading the news, and just seeing that, oh, USC's booster, you know, this collective, they're going to offer every player that goes to USC a minimum salary. Yeah. I'm immediately investigating that because you are you are outright saying come to come to this school and yep. play for this school and you will get paid. Mm-hmm. That is the opposite of what NIL is supposed to be doing. A hundred percent. That so that's where we run into the big problems. Yeah. And when it comes to collectives, you know we, we've been talking up to this point. We've been talking about a lot about like, well, what does the NIL do in spirit? What should it do? What will it change anything? All of that gets turned on its fucking head yes. when you add into the collectives. This. When you when you bring in the collectives, everything changes mm-hmm. because now does it affect the power of college sports? You fucking better Absolutely.
1: believe it. Absolutely. I mean, this is the I mean this is the perversion of the system to the max right here, right? This is basically offering this is where like the bidding war, quote unquote, is is kinda kinda come in, right? The seedy underbelly of
0: the of college sports. Yep. This is what this is what is everyone is referring to. So when you have boosters that are unofficially linked or unofficially connected to you know uh, to these to these universities, regardless of whether the university wants it or not, they're basically recruiting with money, and and offering yeah yeah sure you can play here, and if you do play here, you get this money. That is it's supposed to be outlawed. And that's what makes this announcement that, oh, NCAA, you guys go ahead and figure it out. You know, we really want the schools to self-police. Fuck you. Like, that That seems retaliatory. That seems just outright wrong. That you're going to, you, you are a governing body and you are going to take put this into the hands of the schools that it benefits? I mean, look, USC can publicly say whatever it wants or my uh, texas a&m or you know uh, university of miami any of these schools can see whatever they want oh we, we do not condone this we oh you know oh good heavens we we can't i could i couldn't even but you know think of of anyone doing that in our organization but you know what they can it's all public it's all publicity it's all mm-hmm. media if if i'm benefiting if I'm a school that's benefiting by getting the top 10, play, you know, I'm getting players in the top 10 every single year because they're they're signing massive deals from my booster club uh, that's technically not even affiliated with me over there. Right. What am I really going to say? What, what what if it's if I'm benefiting from someone going outside of the rules, they're not regulated, the NCAA, the governing bodies are not even doing anything. Yeah. You think these schools are going to are going to step up? No bullshit. This is this needs to be the NCAA. They need to be stepping in. They need to actually act like they give a damn about college sports Agreed. for once. Yeah. I mean, and <sighs> step in and just fix this shit. It's not that hard. If you go in, look, that was a headline. Using that headline alone, you need to confront that booster that's in Los Angeles and say, "You cannot do that. Yeah. You cannot offer a blank check. To every player that plays at this school, that's inducement. Yeah, you cannot get these players and say, "Look, if you play here, you get money." No, that's not that. That defies the spirit. That defies the letter of the law in this in this case as well. It it should not be allowed, and that's what is so. That's what's so frustrating because this is what changes things, folks. When you when we get into the actual, you know, what the collectives will do, I mean. Alabama, L- LSU, Texas A and M, Michigan, Ohio State. Let just go down the top twenty-five. Yeah, all yeah. of these schools have power and pull and authority, and all of them have booster clubs too. Mm-hmm. And re- if you if the NCA is telling me that hey, the only thing that's stopping you from essentially being in the top five for the the rest of time is you being moral oh my God, like that's, that's, that's not, you're not threatening me with anything like, oh, do this or you're a bad person. (laughs) Okay. And I get no punishment for it. Why wouldn't I? What is the incentive to let all of these other schools potentially do the same thing and, and, you know, just bop me over the head with their, with their collectives? Yeah. Yeah. All, all yeah. I'm saying is that this is, this is going to be – you cannot allow the schools to police themselves when no. they stand to benefit. So, I mean, and here, here's
1: – so there are really – there are three models of collectives, realistically. And the one that's really, really scummy is a donor-driven collective, which uh, they pool booster and supporter funds, which create opportunities for athletes to give the yep. money back to them. And they oh, want, so it's basically they wash the donor money and pay these players, and then the money comes back to the dude. It's so
0: it's 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 just money laundering with stuff. Yeah, steps.
1: it's crazy. So, this is the one that uh, the NCAA realistically is probably going to hammer because Uh-oh. that's the one that man, that's that is seedy, that is scummy. Well, that's- y- we say they're going to hammer it, yeah. but they just
0: came out and said, nah. Yeah,
1: and what the NC uh, Mark Emmert, the NCAA head, stepped down basically right after this NIL, the whole <laughs> yeah. NIL freedom, like after that lawsuit was uh, lost, yeah. or yeah. So and they have, they haven't even named who's going to replace him yet. So they need somebody who's going to be knowledgeable in this, or at least hire a whole new division. And I think even on the boots on the ground level, I think that more schools need to hire that have their own. Um, Divisions in there that are versed in NIL law and all this stuff, and they're the ones that are taking these offers and are presenting them to the players. So at least they both the player and the school have some level of liability or culpability, right? And they'll be fine. So it becomes more legal, and players know what they're getting into that kind of stuff. I, I, yeah. I, that's probably the first thing that should be done. I know a couple of schools have done it off the top of my head, I know LSU has. Like a general manager for that kind of thing, Duke
0: does as well. Um, okay, so there's there's okay. So I'm, it, we're we're they're they're putting things in work in in the works. Yeah. But here's the thing: I'm hearing LSU, I'm hearing Duke, <laughs> I'm hearing schools. Yeah, again, schools that stand to benefit. We th- didn't we just talk about UNC getting caught like basically giving all of its students all of its athletes a free ride? Yeah, you know, they don't. You get you just get to skate by in the academic portion that if if they're willing to do that imagine what they'd be willing to do to get the top recruits yeah. and i and i say that for every school imaginable and again you can you can sit there and say whatever you want you know as a school as a university the, that oh well we don't condone x y and z but if you're benefiting from it the ncaa has no you know even if they wanted to they have no uh, way of of figuring this shit out to me, that that just screams uh, that this is going to be a a major problem. Yeah. And well, well, you and, and it's and the thing is, is that the effects are going to be really easy to see if you do. If this ends up being a problem, you're just going to see a school outright challenge Alabama for supreme dominance. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing, Alabama is in college football. Is the premier school, and it's the school to to the, it's their championship to lose every single year because Nick Saban's built a dynasty based on uh, bringing his you know his players to the to the pros, mm-hmm. and yeah. players want that they want to be professional players. Yeah, so how many to Alabama? How
1: many Alabama the, players are stars in the NFL right now?
0: Like. Oh God, they're everywhere. And the thing is, is and, and, and you see that in other schools too. I mean, uh, and, and in particular positions, why? do quarterbacks, why did Oklahoma have so many good quarterbacks, and now USC again will have so many good quarterbacks? Because Lincoln Riley's a quarterback guru, or at least he's known for being that way in at least the last 10 years. he sent multiple quarterbacks into first round selections, and, and, and they're quarterbacking for teams in the NFL. Yeah, Players, uh, students see that, and they go, I want that career for myself. I want to be a pro. I want to do this. So, if you see, start to see the, pow- the balance of power shift away from that, uh, which I think was going to happen naturally with the NIL, but I mm. think it's going to be ex- ex- exacerbated by these collectives coming in. And it's not going to be easy to hide. If USC, for example, is allowed to, this booster, this collective is allowed to do this, you're going to see a higher level of talent come to USC because these players that may never have been able to get an nil deal well now they're gonna get uh a a, a fucking salary yeah like that i don't understand how that's even legal but if the ncaa is not going to investigate it or if they're not if they're telling usc to investigate it well good luck because it's not going to happen these schools are not going to to police themselves in the way that that people think, yeah, right. because like, at
1: the end of the day, they're making money.
0: They're making money, and they're they're getting, uh, they're getting notoriety, recognition. Mm-hmm. They're getting higher rankings. Mm-hmm. They're getting better players, mm-hmm. and and all of that brings, again, like you said,
1: more money. Bowl games more, are a ton of money in the pocket. A ton for these of schools. money,
0: and in a, at a time where the college football world is already being shaken up you add in these collectives that are poisoning what should have been such an amazing like thing for, for college Mm -hmm. players just to see that it's so, it's so unfortunate really, because I I don't, I I really had hopes that this was going to be, you know leveling the playing field and it and now it just we're washing hands of one organization in the NCAA and we're shifting it over to a gaggle of yeah <laughs> of corporations yeah. that that they don't give a shit they're not going to be li- liable for any of this you know it's i i don't i don't see it as being uh particularly great <laughs> For uh, for the all-around college sports. Yeah. Football.
1: Yeah, that's the downside with it being rolled out as fast as it did, right, was that there was no preliminary groundwork really laid. There was no, like, oh, being able to test it, right? It was kind of just all free-for-all, like, yep, oh, and yeah. what do we do as human beings? We're going to find loopholes because everybody wants to make money, right? That's just the way it goes. Yep.
0: So, really, there's there's really only – uh, a couple of options here. So the NCAA has, it, as up to this point, tried to wring its hands of of this whole problem. I think out of just being fucking petty, <laughs> uh, they lost their lawsuit, and now they're they're kind of doing the "told you so," you know, uh, move by by you know l- letting these collectives run free at this you know at this time. Mm-hmm but they've got to step in at some point yeah, they've got to step in and limit the power for the boosters to do anything in my mind the boosters should have no power yeah they really I don't there think should be no involvement no involvement whatsoever you are affiliated with the school yeah you're giving you, go, you, oh, give but, oh, the, yeah, you give money to the yeah you money to the program so the
1: program can you know get new thrive. facilities yeah whatsoever stay alive you make sure the players are getting yeah. the best treatment and best facilities
0: as possible yes and the boosters it's a simple equation would you be a booster for your rival school of course not because you don't want to help them you want to help your school right like that's an affiliation it may not be an official affiliation where you're sitting there getting paid you know and you're not on the payroll from from this university but you are affiliated nonetheless there should be no connection between nil and those boosters that's how you fix that right away corporations that want to go out of their way like united and sign a deal with jordan addison because they believe that he's a star player that could boost their brand and their advertising Mm -hmm. campaign that's what this is about yeah or it's um, not about boosters sitting there saying that i'm going to pay everyone
1: that goes to this school right like even the chicago white Sox um announced like an nil um program yeah. yeah so it's like they're just giving players from the local area like opportunity. That's great. Yeah, that kind of shit where it's like, yeah, like players from like DePaul and stuff. Like, that's, yeah, that's because, I, and here's
0: the thing the players that they bring up in those deals, there's little chance that they're going to be playing for the White Sox. Yeah. Like, it's not even, it's, that, it's that, literally
1: like all, like there's like basketball players, like
0: a bunch of yeah. different sports. So it's like, that's, that's great. Uh, w- w- and that, what I'm saying is that they don't stand to benefit right. from it. Yeah. They're not, they're not Directly. getting a direct line yeah. to a play. Yeah. Where they're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, it's not like they sit there and go, all right, what team would you want to play for? If you uh, were, you know, oh, you're, you're a basketball player. You don't want to play for the Bulls. All right. We're going to cut this money off. <laughs> like, no, they're not sitting there saying that if you don't play in Chicago, you don't get to play, you know, you don't get the money. Right. But. This these collectives, that's essentially what's being like. Correct. You don't get that base salary unless you go play at USC. You don't get this money unless you play for Texas A and M. Correct. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. And the NCAA has the power to limit that and has the power to regulate it. They choose. They're choosing not to at this up to this point. I'm hoping that's that they've wrong.
1: just been sitting here collecting data and are trying to find the most efficient way to. They're just letting it all they're letting love... it all run rampant for a season and then they're gonna go, alright, now we're gonna pull the, now we're gonna put the blinders back on. Here's how this is gonna work. I'm hoping yeah, that that's where it's hoping. gonna go. But with I them would not even so. filling their current head of the NCAA, I'm not very uh
0: I'm not, not very hopeful, yeah. I'm not confident in it because just because of the way they've treated this. Uh, and, and again, putting out that, that, oh, police yourselves and, and self-regulate. Ah, that's such a cop out to to the truth, which is like, you know, things are going wrong. You're going along, you know, the path of being shady.
1: Just to be straightforward. How many worse things have happened in the NCAA in the last 10 years that weren't self-reported, but they were known about that were just covered up. This is just money. There's,
0: there's been much worse things that have happened. Look, again, we're using USC a lot as an example because of, you know, the, the the relevant in this. And if you go back to the days of Reggie Bush, who USC got hammered by the NCAA because uh, Reggie Bush's parents, you know, got money for an apartment or something, you know. Well, it was all it had nothing benefits. to do with. Yes, it was an improper benefit not had nothing to do with reggie himself he was not receiving any benefits it was his parents now at the time that went against the rules is what it is you've got to deal with that mm-hmm. but they they went so hard on that and they're not doing it on this they, again it just shows that they are they're they're wringing their hands of this because they lost and I really hope you're right. I really hope that they come out. They let this, you know, simmer for a season or build up or whatever the case may be, and they come in and just absolutely hammer all these collectives. Lay down the law. Here we go. But they've walked back regulations every chance that they've gotten since the NILs come out, and I think they're doing that. There's got to be an element of of spite because <laughs> that would be they, crazy. Yeah, I I, I truly look, look at the end of the day, people. The, uh, anyone who's listening right now needs to know one thing: any corporation or any organization run in the entire history of the planet is run by human beings. Human beings, we, we're fallible. We're we're we have emotion. There's no one sitting there going, "Well, if it's not in the rule book, I'm not going to do it." Mm-hmm. Like the the NCAA is run by people, and the people that that run it probably aren't. I mean, they fought a whole. You know, Supreme Court lawsuit to try and get these players from being paid, and now that they are, and it's starting to go sideways a little bit. Chances are that there's some people in that office that are a little bit happy about the things that are going on, and they're sitting there going, "Well, huh? Guess I wonder who could have seen that coming." Well, they they're both wrong and right. So they're wrong because obviously these players should be paid. But the way in which that these outside organizations are going about it is the problem. So, will the schools step up? Maybe they, they're taking steps to to really create individual. Uh, you know, some of them are yeah. offices or departments. I'm some, hoping uh, yeah, that becomes widespread.
1: I hope that becomes basically so everybody's doing that. Right. I'm glad that some yes. schools have got ahead. That's really see what it should be people who are gonna protect
0: yeah. their players gonna obviously protect the school itself but yeah I hope again I hope it happens I really hope it does but when you're when when you're uh, when the schools are the ones that stand to benefit from these things that's where I think it's not going to be as widespread I think maybe the bigger the biggest of the big schools may attempt to shut things down because they're they're in the spotlight the most but all these other schools that already struggled to get talent i don't think they're going to argue with getting a few more recruits thrown their way yeah or
1: snagging some guys off the transfer portal yeah
0: yeah i i I can't see that being i just don't see a world where every single school is so so upstanding that they they shut all this all this stuff down yeah the ncaa needs to step in right That is the. that's how this gets that's how (laughs) this gets stopped For everyone, they are the governing body. Correct. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's the thing. (laughs) It's one thing for Texas A and M or Alabama to come in and create departments to to do things, but that doesn't mean they don't control every other school in the SEC. Right. They don't control. They don't. It's all individual. Would you rather have one governing body that already has you know authority over a lot of college sports to step in and actually do its job, or would you rather have Every school police itself to the point where, like, you know that shady shit already happens. Right. I, I, all I'm saying is that, that there's an easy solution and the NCAA has all the cards to make it happen. So that is what needs to happen, uh, you know, it, it, if we're going to get, you know, any lasting change. But we're, we're going to have to see. This is this is going to be the, 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 the dipstick. This is this, the season that's going to really define college sports in the N.I.L., Will things really play out the way that we're thinking they're going to, yeah. or are we going to be in a nightmare it, landscape in five years, <laughs> or is it going to be much worse? Yeah, we will see. Uh, but until uh, until the until then, we've got a lot more sports to uh, cover, especially with next week. Ugh. Next week, we're talking about uh, we're still we're still uh, you know hammering home football a little bit uh, with pro. Football. Hey, man, the NFL is back baby best part of the and, year man Woo. we are uh we're so excited to to talk about uh pro football so we're gonna go a little bit up on you know just a little bit of a preseason update for uh you know like like we did uh for for college but we'll do it for the pros and but really what we're going to be talking about is the future of the quarterback position we hear it all the time yeah. every player that gets drafted every top tier mm-hmm. talent mm-hmm. everyone out there whether they're a pocket quarterback, whether they can run 90 miles an hour, whatever the case may be, we hear this phrase all the time. Oh, they're the future of the quarterback position. They are the future. That's that's what's going to happen. They're the prototype. Well, we're going to dive in and really take a look at what makes a successful professional quarterback from everything, fr- from their IQ, uh, from football knowledge IQ to to arm strength, awareness, all of it. We're going to sit down and really give real-world examples, real-world film we're going to show it so that we can, you know, lay out what really is the future of this position because I and well, both of us, we really don't believe that that all of the major media outlets, I don't think they have a clue <laughs> what the future, what the future of this position is. For all of the data at their fingertips, they all Get it wrong. And we're going to show you why next week. Well, and uh, we thank you, by the way, for, for tuning in. And until next week, cheers, sports fans.
2: Cheers.